This is a HeadGum Podcast. How great is our God? Sing with me, how great. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We say how great you are and we exalt thee. We thank you that you are, you sit above all, okay? That we can exhale and know you got this. You got this. Like, we don't have to have this because you got it. What did Yolanda Adams say? The battle is not ours, it is yours. And we say, exhale and rest. And we know that we can rest in you. And we say thank you. We thank you that you made us to be loved. You made us for love, that we were made for you, to be loved by you, to be to gaze at your beauty, to love one another rightly, Father. We thank you that we were put on this earth for for greatness, to, to love you and to show the world. And so, Father, we just ask for that grace and that strength today. Amen. Brianna Daniels, the first Black woman to work in the NASCAR pit crew. Oh my gosh. Her job in the pit crew is to change two tires in less than 11 seconds. So when you see that, that's our sis out there. That would be nerve-wracking. I would be so afraid to do it. Here you go. This is her story. She said she was just, you know, eating a little Chick-fil-A sandwich or a little Chick-fil-A. No shade, sis. They don't really love all of us. So, you know, maybe pick the Popeye's chicken sandwich next time. Anyway, she said that this woman <clears throat> came up to her and said that the NASCAR pit crew was coming to her school. Brianna said she didn't even watch NASCAR when she went to go um, try out. But however, she did a really good job in the interview and they called her back. That is very, very fabulous. The glue is gone. Tessica Brown, AKA Gorilla Glue Girl, finally got the glue out of her head and she got to keep most of her hair, okay? So I feel like she might be rocking maybe like the little Halle Berry. She could be rocking the little Peppa asymmetrical short moment. Oh, girl, I would not wear anything with the lace front, okay? Girl, she should just go straight up natural. Anyway, our sis, Tessica, uh, she did a GoFundMe where she raised over $24,000 for the procedure. (laughs) But Dr. Michael Oben in Beverly Hills performed the procedure for free. She says one... (laughs) This is so funny to me. She says 1,000 of the dollars will pay off her first hospital emergency bill, like the first time she went and she couldn't like get no solution, girl. I said, is she just go, go and pay off one of the 1000 and then keep the 23? No, our sister is going to give the other 23000 to Dr. Obain's charity called Restore, where he helps people overseas get reconstructive surgeries. That is amazing. But in the meantime, our sis Tess has started her own merch line. It's a t-shirt and um, it says Bonded for Life. Oh. Now. I'm going to celebrate her as a Black business and go, 
commend you. Lovely. I'm going to give a critique in the comment section box. Please open it up and read it. Uh, sis, you can do better than this because Gorilla Glue stock, sis, went up when this foolishness happened. So you need to go to Gorilla Glue and say, <clears throat> let's work together, okay? I need to be on the next commercial, okay? Like, she needs to think bigger. Now, she has probably made another over $20,000 Maybe in t-shirt sales, people just want to have this on um, themselves because y'all eat trash up anyway on a regular basis. You know, <clears throat> y'all will eat anything, but that's fine because y'all don't love yourselves. But sis, you really need to think better because the, the Gorilla Glue sales went up, bitch. They went up. You got to think big, bitch. You should be in the next commercial, okay? The next commercial. Do you know the lady who had that... They was out there barbecuing. Do you know some dentist fixed her teeth and she was in a dentist commercial, bitch? Sure they did. BH1 has suspended production on T.I. and Tiny's reality show. Yikes. Saying they are taking the allegations of abuse sexual abuse, and trafficking? Seriously, honey. The allegations began after a former friend of T.I. and Tiny posted allegations um, on Instagram. The former friend also alleged that T.I. put a gun to her head. Allegedly. She also used her Instagram to share 30, okay, that's three, zero, 30 statements from other alleged victims. Once again, that is 30. That is a lot. First of all, one is more than enough. But 30? Okay. This is the stunt shows and shenanigans for me, y'all. This is where I call bullshit. Don't you smell it? T.I. went on his Instagram to clear his name, saying that him and his wife only have been with other consenting adults and that he has never forced drugs upon anyone. This is right here, y'all. <clears throat> Can you taste that? Taste a little... Like, bullshit, girl. It just something don't taste right. It just, mm, -mm. It, it's, it's rotted. It's gutted. Allegedly. It's a, it's, as they say in the UK, it's gutted. The lawyer of T.I. and Tiny says that if the allegations do not end, they will take the appropriate legal action. Now, I ain't never, you know, had that kind of money in my life. So I don't know if, you know, if you're at a certain level, you know, in Hollywood, they tell you to wait three days and see if it blows over. But I'm sorry, I feel like we live in a day and a time where if someone comes out and says one thing and you know it's a lie, before the bitch even got to say your last name, you should have slapped her in the damn face with a defamation lawsuit. Like, no, ma'am. So the fact that you have allowed it to go on where it's just if these don't stop, these alleged allegations don't stop, that to me sounds like bullshit. So, and then it was 30 other people. Allegedly. So, and all of them have the same story. That if T.I. gets into the other girl a little bit more, then Tiny gets mad and then fights them. And then when the girls try to defend themselves off of Tiny, then T.I. jumps in and will strangle them out to protect his wife. Allegedly! 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 Justin Timberlake, trashy, unseasoned piece in the chicken. <clears throat> Justin Timberlake is Apollo lying. Okay, uh huh, that's what we say in the black church. Apollo lying, apologizing 
to Janet Jackson and Britney Spears. Now, he has this BS apology where he says, I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many other moments and in other times I benefit from this system that condones misogyny and racism. I uh, specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. Trash. Okay, whatever. Let's just skip along. My thing is, why are you apologizing, right? He recently came under backlash for his past actions that uh, popped up, okay? Remember, receipts are always there. So they popped up, Uh uh-huh, about how he treated Britney during their relationship in the new Britney Spears documentary. Okay, girl, the receipts. So the fans are already dragging him. Why? Because he had... Let's just jump up into it. These are the trashy things that Justin did when he uh, broke up with Britney. He uh, gassed up rumors that Britney cheated on him. He even cast a Britney lookalike in the Crummy River, Crummy, Crummy, um, in that video. And he also bragged about taking her virginity. This ramen, crunchy, untalented piece of chicken. Then this trashy ass bitch, we never forgot. And when I say mean, I do mean everybody black and then on. Never forgot what you did to the queen of pop, Miss Janet Jackson, bitch, that y'all had that. It had to be playing, girl. I, I don't think so. She's worth too much money to have a, a just a, a boob just pop out like that. You know, maybe a wig, maybe a lace front, maybe an earring. You know, the nipple ring could have came out, but not the nipple be shown. So it was playing, and then you let her take all the heat for it. You're trash. Trash, trash, trash. Okay, so... um. Justin, sit your punk ass down. When you released that last album, I don't know the name of it, when you was talking about coming back to your roots, you saw that numbers were horrible on it because your roots are trash. And the only time that your ass ever had success was when Timbaland was producing your crunchy ass. You can't sing. <clears throat> you can't. I have never heard you belt hold a note for at least 30 seconds. Oh, Somebody play me the tip, bitch, because I have not seen it, okay? And you, bitch... You oh, you make money by stealing our shit and then want to walk around talking about music has no color lines. Oh, no, bitch. No. Sit your crunchy ass down. Ugh. Trash. You know who has the last laugh, though? Miss <laughs> Janet Jackson! That's Miss Janet if you're nasty. Her Control album. Y'all remember that? Control. Uh, I got to have love. That went number one on Apple Pop Music Album List, y'all. And we celebrated, what, the 35th anniversary of the album. That's very, very fabulous. And, okay, and, okay, because there were two people that were hurt in this transaction. We didn't even bring up Jessica Biel, girl, and how he dogged her out. How he just dogged walked her, honey. He, I mean, he had the most beautiful girl from Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven went on a runner. She had natural, like, full lips. She had a good shape. Like, she had a good hip and a booty. She was a baddie. Like, I was into her, okay? And you dogged walked her. And you know, he ain't even got good dick. And he looked like he eat meth. And I said, eat it, bitch. I said what I said. Crunchy, no talented biscuit. Okay, anyway, Miss Britney Spears is doing good. She had a minor court victory. She um, got the victory, victory.
victory over her daddy, where uh, he no longer has control over her investments. She does, and a bank will help her with that. And that is what Miss Brittany wants. So justice for Brittany, justice for Brittany, justice for Brittany. All right, legendary children, can we talk Drag Race for a minute? So Miss Candy Muse sent home um, Tamisha. Very sad, Jay. Very sad, Jay. But the memes of Candy Muse and her like shaking her head. Don't she look like Beyonce when y'all tried to say Beyonce was possessed at the Super Bowl? Look at them side by side, girl. It's hysterical. Anyway, um, Candy Muse sent home to Misha. I love how she cried and she was like, I'm so sorry. It was so beautiful. Okay, new day in the workroom. Bam. The category was beads. Let's start from 10 to 1, right? Or at least the ones that I can remember. Okay, here we go. Elliot with two T's. I think this was her best look. I'm really ready for her to do something else with her makeup. I just would like to see just another variation in the eyes, whatever. Um, but the look was cute. Like, I would wear it in a solid monochromatic color. It was very Mardi Gras. Cute. Yeah, like, why didn't she just do it a solid color instead of doing Mardi Gras beads? Like, that would have been puss. Anyway, just a thought. Sorry, you know, you talk amongst yourselves. Um, after that, I thought, who was the one with the jaw? Rosé. Rosé. Her look was very cute. I was into it. It was cute. Um, very, very that. Um, Simone. Let me let you know about yourself, you little raggedy bitch. You skinny, skinny, rude bitch. I just, I just, ooh, I hate when bitches want to wear navel and drag, bitch, because it just reminds me that I can't. And the bitch had her whole navel out, bitch. It was rude, bitch. And for a minute, I almost thought she got pumped because the way that it was sitting on her, like, her man hip looked like it gave her a hip illusion or whatever, bitch. And then the way she was walking away and that little booty-like swiggle, bitch, it's just what black folks got, girl. Uh, it was right. The hair that said Simone, the body was grease. The photos on Instagram after with her in the sand. I, she makes me scream, girl. She makes me scream. The bitch is so puss and I'm obsessed and I live. Just when already. Got Mick did anal beads. Very cute. Um, I'm not gonna lie. As soon as I saw it, I saw I thought Latrice Royale, when she did it on All Stars. Um, so here you go. I live for the makeup. Maybe if it was more of like, <clears throat> just less generic. Maybe if it was like, you know, we've all been to Cirellas or the sex shop and we've seen the anal beads that are like really, really big. And then it goes tiny. And then it goes really, really big. And then it goes tiny. Something else. But to me, it just looks so... The hat, it was like cute, but she was safe, right? I don't know. Anyway, it was cute. It was cute. It was cute. It was cute. The little black dress was better. Um, Candy Muse looks like my, 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 my knee girl. Like, I love just the body embracement. I just live, girl. She makes me just want to be naked all the time. And she looks like money. I live. She looked gorgeous. So after the main challenge of... I think they were on Bossy Rossi's show where they had to do improv. Um, I'm going to say Simone was good. It was cute. I'm going to say Candy Muse fell a little flat. I'm going to say that who's the girl with the... Rosé and who was Rosé's partner? Dahlia. Not Denali. Did amazing. Really, really great. Um, 
What's her name? La La Ree. She was cute. I love her little one fun moment in that. But like they said in improv, you have to have more than just the one. Um, how did y'all feel about that Maury show, girl? Because if that is not accurate, like Maury, I wanted to go on Maury and be somebody's baby mama. You are not the father. <gasps> it just looked fun, you know? Or just to go to the Jerry Springer show and just to get splashed with some cake because she's some some cheating girl, you know, threw it on her man. You're like, ooh, this is buttercream. I like, you know? Um, <clears throat> it was cute. <laughs> but can we just get to the lip sync? I did... I, I, I really thought Lala returned it to me. Like that one split that Elliot did was cute in the beginning, but I just he looks like kind of like dead between the eyes. I also didn't like the fact that he kept looking at Lala Reed, like trying to find out what she was doing. I don't know. I just I don't know. Maybe I might be biased. You can say what you want, uh, but I didn't feel like he turned it. I felt like he did things in it, but I don't feel like he owned the song. I don't feel like there was an embodiment. Um, the body roll was cute. Like the, 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 what is it called? That they were in sync doing it. Very, very cute. And that one split that he did right there, bitch, like that was cute. But I don't know, honey. I just felt like there was just no pussy. I didn't feel like there was any pussy in it. Like it didn't, you know, like there was no essence of sex. Can we please uh, insert uh, that this is sex from uh, Strange from Boomerang? You know, when she shoves her panties in his face. This is sex. This is pussy. Pussy. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? I just felt like it was it was lacking that puss and E, y'all. Y'all tell me how y'all feel. It was cute. It just was like, I felt like he did stunts because he has the the skill and the the capability but it wasn't like, here you go. When Alyssa Edwards has to lip sync for her life, bitch, she slays you and you go, like when she lip synced against, um, what's that girl? Not Tanisha, uh, Tatiana. When Alyssa lip synced against Tatiana, you felt like, bitch, Alyssa is, she's a dancer, bitch. You know what I mean? I felt like, I don't know, whatever. Cute for you. Well, all right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. I'm learning pain. They've written for Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, Janelle Monet, Shakira, Dua Lipa, Britney Spears, and Cardi B. Basically, every single one of the pop girls, gays, and theys, they're here to chat about music. Please welcome the super talented Justin Tranter. Hello. How are you, gorgeous? I'm doing good. You know, this is our third time. You know, good thing happens in three, so I'm, I'm expecting something to be very, very blessed on this encounter. There you go. I love that. And your pink hat with your pink walls and just living through the whole situation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still in my little gym fitness. Uh, and I was like, oh, let me put on a hat to look cute for Justin. You know, very, very that. Very, very that. Actually, no, this is the fourth time because the third time was at the GLAAD Awards when you got up there. And I was very offended because you had this like fishbowl chair. 
Oh, my, my glad concert. Yes. yes, I was offended. One, I was offended for two reasons. One, because you look fabulous in it, right? But that was the chair that I wanted. They had it at the Paramount studio, like where you could rent, and we had it for Drag Race. And uh-huh. they told me and Monet, oh, we couldn't do like the hanging stuff, but Valentina and Naomi. I said, oh, so the light-skinned bitches get to do shit. Oh, no. bitch, the production team was pissed, bitch. Oh, I was pissed. They were like, is it a big issue? Da-da-da-da. I was like, well, the shit's done now, bitch. I said, but we see what's happening. The black girls said, got, oh, okay, kill. Oh, oh, bitch, they were nervous. They were very, very nervous, bitch. We still won that day. We still won. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so when I saw it, I was triggered, bitch. I said, bitch, that's the chair. And I was standing next to Brittany, who is a photographer. Shout out to Brittany. I don't know last names. Uh, But Brittany, if you're listening, you're the beautiful, uh, lovely uh, lady with the red hair, curly red hair. Um, She she was like, yeah, that's the chair. I was like, bitch. Anyway, whatever. How are you? It was great. Every year I do a big fundraising concert for Glass on Spirit Day. And it's like, um, we do have a couple always surprise celebrities, but the main focus is on LGBTQ behind yes. the scenes songwriters. Yes. Um, so I entered that concert on this huge levitating bubble. Fish air was pussy. That was amazing. That wasn't even planned until like two hours before the doors opened. My, my friend's amazing production company and good friends of mine, um, Apartment 9 Productions, they're called. They were like, so... I know you're getting ready and you're on your way to come sound check, but there's this crazy bubble chair that like can lift you over the whole audience. Enter. And it's like, I mean, it's supposed to be like an understated like songwriter next, but, but I think I should enter now. <laughs> Because <laughs> the vibe was very, like, chill. And then you see, like, wait a minute, bitch. <laughs> it was fabulous. I did not know. Um, now, once again, I'm horrible with names, Justin. But there is a queer artist who, uh, I guess, wrote or co-wrote the song with Lizzo. Um, yeah. Uh, I believe, I think it was that one. Um, yes. It's uh, Jesse St. John wrote. Yes. Uh, co- Co-wrote Truth Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So at this concert, we have all these amazing queer songwriters come out and do their own songwriter version of the hits that that queer people wrote that year. Yeah, I was so gagged. Wait a minute, just real quick for the people, just to explain, right? So you're at the event, you're like, oh, it's glad, you know, they want some... Some drag. Okay, you know, show up. Woo, woo, woo. It's spirit. Oh, okay, even better. Woo, 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 woo. Okay, <laughs> Justin's. Oh, woo, 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 woo. and then you get up there, and then you hear like Lizzo's song, and you're like, "Wait a minute, bitch! I thought it was for like queer writers." And you're like, "Cause the queer person wrote it." You're like, "Oh, bitch!" Yeah. So it really blesses you, cause you're like, "Wait, we know this mainstream yacht, yacht, yacht," but to know that a queer individual is the one who wrote that song is like empowering, because. Yeah. You know, at least it's weird because mainstream society tells queer people you're bad, you, you're dumb, you can't do this, we won't let you do this. But then somehow Hollywood has a lovely way of saying, fuck y'all, we're going to do what we want. And, you know, very yeah, It's an amazing year because that was the third year I did it. Obviously, we couldn't do it this year because of COVID. But the first year, there was just like me and one other songwriter. The second mm-hmm. year, there was like me and three other songwriters. And then the year that you came, there was... Me, Jesse St. John with Lizzo. Mm-hmm. There was Jazzy for Old Town Road. Yes, Obviously, well, yes. not that clear, but his co-writer was was a fierce black lesbian. Yes. Um, we had Victoria Monet, fierce bisexual, who co-wrote all the Ariana hits that girl. Um, it was there's even more that I'm not thinking of. It was like 
bonkers. It, it was, was crazy. Like big gay here on the radio. You just didn't know it. That part, it, it really was. Like, I think you even said that at the sure concert. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was just like, bitch, yes. Because first of all, you know, we got to do the little VIP. It was very cute. Mm-hmm. You know, the little step and repeat, take your photo. I, I still did not receive my box of cereal, whatever that, a uh, queer cereal. I think it was like Rice Krispie Treats. I want it. I will send you my address. All right. I'll, I'll talk to Glad. I'm on the board. I'll make sure that we Because, first of all, it looked good and sugary, okay? <laughs> and you know sugary people love sugary sweets. Okay, here we go. This is what I want to know. <clears throat> How did you kind of get your start, right? Um, yeah. Let's just, just take us back to, like, hometown. What was that like? I, when I got on the, the line, you were talking about, I guess, a sibling, of yours? So yeah, I'm, you the, have... I'm the youngest of four boys. Um, even though I identify as gender non-conforming, obviously growing up, we were just yes. four boys in this family. There's very bad. Family. Um, Where? Very bad. And um, grew up way outside of Chicago in a little town called Hawthorne Woods. In Illinois. Illinois. It's like oh, way Lord. But then got to go to high school in the city of Chicago, to the arts high school. And so that changed my whole fucking life in all the right ways. Um, started in musical theater. I thought I was going to like, you know, play, you know, Annie and Annie or Christine and Phantom of the Opera. And then I realized that wasn't in my future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started writing songs, luckily. Um, went to college for songwriting. My degree is actually in songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then moved to New York and started a glam punk band because I wanted to be like the big femme queer rock star situation and we had an amazing time and we did a lot of really cool shit in new york and then ended up like you know we were gaga's favorite band because she grew up in new york Mm -hmm. so when gaga blew up we like toured with her opening for her from like 2009 to 2011 oh y'all had the fantasy we had the whole like world tour fantasy yes and then um you know, open for Kesha, did some other stuff. And the band was amazing. And all the guys in the band, they're all straight, but just followed me on this very femme queer journey. I live. And it just was like, it wasn't getting, no one could afford anything. Even though we were doing cool shit, it was like, you know, it's the weird thing of all entertainment businesses. Until you really crack through, even people might think you're loaded, but you actually are broke as fuck. So we kind of... You know, that what I mean? is, but that is the industry, bitch. Okay, we just need to get up there and look expensive to trick the masses, and then get home and be like, bitch, we got the extra pack of ramen. We got two packs, bitch. We got to split this up with some hot dogs, make it work. It's okay. true. And I thought I looked expensive, but I look back on some of the photos and I'm like, ooh, girl, <laughs> you, look, you looked like you were eating ramen. Um, uh, so then kind of the band moved to LA to make our last album and we got dropped from like our fourth record deal and all that shit. And so through people I had met, I just kind of got into a couple songwriting sessions and I was like, I kind of like this. It's kind of cool to not write for myself and my band. It's kind of awesome to like think about somebody else's life and their vision. There's less pressure and um, so started doing it and then just like really got into it and busted my ass. Um, so I started that in like 2013 and like 2015, I had like my first top 10 and then it just kind of went from there. So that was a very quick tour through yeah. my 30 
well, now I'm 40, but started writing songs for other people at 33. And so you please. look good. Because I'm sitting up here looking at the screen like, does this bitch have a Snapchat filter? Because you ain't got none of the little puffiness or whatever. And I'm like, this bitch is like, girl, she haven't got Snatch. They, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. They haven't got Snatch or you got good you know, genes. I, I, and I like all pronouns. You don't have to stress with me. Oh, okay. totally. Yeah, it's all good. No, I, thank you. First of all, thank you for saying I look snatched. Uh, you know, veganism always helps the skin. Bitch, so is that do- really it? Come close to the screen, <laughs> Carolyn. Yes. Also, so is, um, you know, my, my, my dear friend and collaborator, Selena Gomez, sent me the PR box for her makeup line. And I'm wearing a full face of rare beauty. So that also really helps. Okay, so there's a light paint. Okay, just a, just a light mosaic. Okay, love it. I was just like, bitch, this hoe is like, really, bitch? I'm like, what is this right here? How do you get all of the bags? Oh, I'm like, bitch, what is it? Okay, I'm like, this bitch got a Snapchat filter. I'm like, how your Zoom call got it and I ain't got it, bitch? Uh, Danielle, this ain't right, girl. <laughs> I said, this is the RuPaul glaze. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, serving, I'm serving season one over here, but it's just veganism and makeup. It's veganism and makeup. <laughs> well, I live. Okay, I'm going to have to call Miss Selena, okay? Can't keep my hand. Now, she is... Now, here you go. I grew up with her. I grew up hearing about this next entertainer, Miss Gaga, when I was in Bible college, right? And she was uh, the whore of Babylon. She was the Antichrist, ushering in. Oh, yeah, girl, she was all of those things, girl. And and I'm not going to lie, that uh, bad romance video, just from the footage, I was nervous, girl. I was a little, I was like, oh, Lord, but it was so good, girl. And then I listened to it and fell asleep and had a weird dream, so I was just convinced, right? However... Looking at my, I call him my like queer brother who is like 27, little white boy from um, St. Louis. Little, just, y'all would be very much friends. Just yeah. very, very, uh, yeah, very much friends. Very much friends. Um, artists, all of that. And then I look at Aquaria and then I look at Lady Gaga and I go, bitch, you really have like liberated and given so with all she gets all of her props very very much that so after saying that this last album chromatica please tell me that you co-wrote enigma because that's the one song that i live for i didn't co-write that song but it is amazing and no hard feelings because i did i co-wrote alice and i co-wrote 911 so, That's a pussy one. The 911 is the one that w- went viral a thousand times. And it's amazing. You know, me and Gaga have so much history of her loving my band. And then she opened for my band. And then we opened for her. Yeah. And so then to finally come together and write together um, for this album that was kind of, you know, reclaiming her joy and reclaiming her fierceness and all these things. And even though in 911 we talk about some very real shit, it still has this joy. Very real. This joyful feeling to it. And the video she made for it's unbelievable. So that was a really cool moment for us. We've known each other since 2006. And so to finally co-write something that comes out together to do that for the first time in 2020. And it's the one that goes viral, bitch. Like, that's a lovely paycheck, bitch. Thank you, sis. Thank you, sis. What Beyonce say, my grandchildren, great-grandchildren already read. I threw some glitter in the air for you. Yes, and it's funny that you mentioned Aquaria. Aquaria 
as Giovanni was a huge super fan of our whole world of the Gaga world. My band oh. sent me precious weapons. So I have like, I can like, um, Giovanni's, uh, uh, I think that I hope I'm getting that name correct. No, it's, that's his name. Okay. The, um, I can see his like profile picture from when he was a teenager because of mm-hmm. all the comments on the, on the, my band stuff and Gaga stuff and the whole thing. Um, so to see, when I was, of course, watching Drag Race, because I watch every watch it all religiously, as you know, when I first met you, yeah. I gagged and lost my mind for you. Um, I was like, why does that person look so familiar every time they were in the workroom mm-hmm. out of drag? And then uh, somewhere that their, you know, the real name was said, the, the 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 boy name, not the drag name. And I was like, Giovanni. Oh my wow. God, that's our fucking fan from years. I know this person. I don't know them, but I know them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really amazing going on that tour with her because you just like between me out there, I was in like fishnets and six inch heels and full paint. Um, I always had the five o'clock shadow, but there was bleached hair, you know, Yes. she was serving the look. And so she, I was like out there, like giving everyone just like full, violent queerness, very femme. And then Gaga would come out and like support all of that femme, violent queerness. Mm-hmm. But we really, you know, on the Monster Balls where it was like sort of um, setting free a whole generation. Pretty amazing. I mean, literally. Danielle, make a note for all of that about Aquaria. Um, I want to play that for her so okay. she can hear that. That would be so, she would just love that. And I, okay. Aquaria is so fucking chic, by the way. Bitch, I fangirled for uh, when she walked and I was like, oh, I like this bitch. Now I need to send her home. Okay. <laughs> One cool question. Here we go. The pop girls have been feeding the gays over quarantine, right? The pop queens have been giving it to us. We have not been able to twirl in the bars, but somehow, like, it is still resonating with us. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's a it's a very interesting question. Like, you know, so much of, of pop music and especially dance pop music, it's built for the clubs and the bars and the drag shows and that whole thing. Um, and so to see between Dua Lipa and Gaga and a bunch of huge dance pop artists releasing dance pop, dance pop records this year and still seeing it connect, I think it's just like, if people can't celebrate in public, they're still going to fucking celebrate in private. And you still right. want to feel joyful and you still want to fucking live your life, even if you can't do it with a thousand people, which is always preferred with a thousand people. That part. But you still want to do it at home. And it was, it's, it's funny between working on Dua's album, between working on Gaga's album, and then also working on the Dixie Chicks album, or sorry, excuse me, the Chicks now. Um, even though the Chicks is not dance pop, it's still to a certain part of the queer community, it still resonates very big. So it's funny. I I had like in 2020 in quarantine, I had like my gayest releases ever <laughs> come out this year when no one could like be in public and, and celebrate them. But I feel like it still was needed and people still needed that. They needed that gay frequency in their pop music and it still fucking happened. Right. Okay, here we go. Last question. You've worked with everyone, right? And I was really surprised to see Miss Kestrel up there. Yep. Do you see uh, the future of pop as more of a collab with rappers or staying more of this disco, like, free kind of ratriata ra? 
Because I'm living for this disco free because, you know, disco music was made, one, by uh, the brown folks and yeah. then two queers, right? Yeah. Um, and they tried to get rid of it, which we learned on Drag Race, which I did not know about, right? That was very oh, educational. Yeah. So uh, that's why I would... That for me, I think that's why it's still resonating because disco music just makes people want to dance. And mm -hmm. that disco is what you listen to in the house growing up with your moms and yep. dad or whatever, if that was played. So it's the same sounds just for today or whatever. So do you see, but however, do you see more rappers and pop artists making more? Well, I think that's it. I think the answer is both, to be honest. You know, it's to first to touch on the disco situation. I grew up in Chicago and Steve Dahl, the um, shock jock, um, who led the whole disco sucks movement um, is a piece of shit. <laughs> and those of us from Chicago have always known that, even though he was loved by a certain people, but not our people. Um, mm -hmm. And you know what else is so weird? So obviously it was made by, you know, disco is made, as you said, brown people, black people, uh, and queer people. But what also is so weird is like, it got viewed as like so... Um, it was like a such a such fluff, but like disco musicians, those fucking bands, these are musician, musician, musician. Okay. So and okay. it's weird because I love punk music as well, and I love rock, which is what the whole disco sucks movement was about. Like, let's get back to rock. But like the whole point of rock is that it's kind of anyone can just make it and just like fuck around and learn two chords and then just express yourself, which also yeah. is amazing. But disco is Yes, it's fun. Yes, you want to dance to it. Yes, you want to fuck to it. But it is high-level musicianship. So I mean, like, it's true. It is such a weird thing that happened. But clearly, as we now are seeing, which I mean, a lot of people back then saw, it's the people who are more aware, but I think us young young folks are seeing, are understanding that it's, a lot of it was just based in racism and homophobia. Well, because, <clears throat> honey, these motherfuckers sang their asses off. They fucking played their asses off. Like, don't tell me that that's trash. Just because it makes you feel good doesn't mean it's trash. Right. Um, I just want to know what, what, like, what was y'all playing at the cookout? Like, what, what was playing at the barbecue? Right. Like, like y'all ain't had no good music. That makes you want to, like, oh, hello, Margaret. Pass me the potato salad yeah, or, and the chitterlings. Okay. <laughs> you like, pass me that, that hog mog. I don't know. Whatever, girl. They're fighting for like rock and roll, which again, I love, but like, I don't want to play Metallica at the barbecue. No, I don't want to have sex to ACDC, you know? Right, um, right. But to, to go to like current music to answer that question, because I just love disco. So I had to kind of celebrate those with it. So thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I think that obviously hip hop is really, really the, the hip hop is the king and queen of music right now that is true. which makes it pop music right pop music means very pop, true means popular so very pop true. is and rap and whatever the, the subgenres are is definitely in charge right now but there's always room for a dance pop moment there's always room for a disco pop moment um and so yes a lot of pop artists have been and they haven't for a long time but right now very specifically inspired by hip-hop and inspired by rap um mm not just in the vocal, but in the tracks and in everything that, that is happening. But then you see moments like, like Dua is just going full on dance disco and it's working. So um, it's always an ebb and flow. And you, I think people who might not have the strongest senses of self will always be affected by trends. Um, 
but then there are people who stick to their guns and just make what they love. Um, and then there are people Boom. who are inspired by the trends and that's cool too. You know, it's, just, right. it's always a, it's always everywhere, but that right works. now hip hop and rap is king. And I think that that's fucking cool because with everything that's happening in this country, I think that um, that's what we need to hear to resonate to what's happening. Um, and yes, we still need dance pop to like let ourselves free, but let's hear some people talk about some real shit from their own point of view and tell their own stories. Okay, well, then that means that rap and hip hop, never mind, because then I was about to offend some folks. Nope. <laughs> never mind, girl. Never mind. Never mind. Okay, Justin Tranter. Um, Corey, I hope you're still on the call because I'm going to say this and I want the listeners to hear it too. I hope we get to work together on a song or a few songs. I would love that. There's already that project that I texted you about with a friend of mine a couple months ago. So hopefully that comes to fruition and we can all slay together. All right. Well, thank you so much. Where can the people follow you and, and stay up with you? Um, that is a great question. I think on Instagram, I'm Tranter Justin. Um, and then I think on Twitter, I'm just Tranter. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't if they want to find you and go, hi, I'm a young queer artist. And, you know, what if they like another Aquarius out there and want to like write with you? How would they do that? Um, they would you know, message me on Instagram, comment on Instagram. Instagram is when I check the most, but I do, do, okay. do, do delete it off my phone because um, as someone who is very involved in like activism and stuff like that, I can get really overwhelmed and really angry. Ah, very that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep your sanity. That's the oh. main thing. Thank you so much. Of course. Girl, now it's your time. The time has come, legendary children. I want to hear from you. So, call, text, write. I don't care how you get here. Just message me when you can. And the number is 818-252-9468. That's 818-252-9468. Okay, or email us at aceofhearts.com pod at gmail.com that's ace of hearts pod at gmail.com and i cannot wait to hear from you if you send an audio message i will live girl because i want to hear your you know your voice you know yes i get to imagine mm, what you look like yes talk to me yes very like the very like the 90s with that phone sex call me now at that 1-900 i called that number one time girl and my mama beat the dog shit out of my ass she said Bitch, she was pissed at the bill, bitch. She said, what is this? You know, black women and bills, bitch, they don't play no games, bitch. They gonna keep it under a certain price. All right. We'll see you next time on Here of Ace of Hearts on Headcom. Bye. That was a Headgum podcast.